Shalom Aleichem from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Today I'm on the phone with Ellen Peretzman, the Producing Artistic Director for New World's Theater Project in New York. Ellen has translated and produced eight Yiddish plays for New World's Theater, and the company is in residence at the Yiddish Book Center from August 9th to August 12th. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you very much. Um, so, would you start by telling me a bit about New World's Theater Project and what you do for them? Well, um, I founded the company in 2005. I have been translating and adapting and producing Yiddish plays since then. We translate them into English. Um, how did you get your start with Yiddish theater? Well, I, uh, Yiddish is my native language, so... I have a deep, deep connection to Yiddish, and I also love the theater and am trained as an actress, so I guess it was bringing those two things together. How does New World Theater choose the plays that they produce and translate? It's partly a question of what we can put our hands on. So, for example, uh, last summer I read through a volume of plays by David Pinsky and found one that I thought merited production. So you have to read more plays than you intend to translate and produce, uh, but it is a question of what you have access to. Some of these volumes that I have, the pages are very, very brittle, and um, very few, from what I, from what I, un- what I can see, actually, very few were reprinted in um, in better bindings, better pa- more better paper. So I'm saying that there are not that, it's not that easy to find these plays. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to sift through whatever exists of plays written in Yiddish and find the ones that we believe merit production and, and merit being put on stages across America in English and perhaps in other countries in other languages. I um, recently met with uh, some people in Israel about a collaboration between our two companies, and the idea there would be that they would do the plays in Hebrew, because Hebrew is the local language in Israel. Mm -hmm. I've even suggested this to a playwright that I know from Uganda, and she was very excited about the idea of translating these plays into uh, I don't know the language of Uganda, but one of the, but the, one of the more prominent, I suppose there are many dialects, one of the more prominent languages. Um, and so for me, this is very exciting because these plays, the, m- most of the plays that I have translated have never been translated before. Mm-hmm. If they have, they've been translated for scholarly purposes which means they are literal translations. You cannot put a literal translation on a stage and expect people to sit and watch it or listen to it. Um, So my translations are specifically for the purpose of performance. And so the the idea is that they would have been... If I don't translate them now, they may not get translated for the purpose of performance ever. Mm -hmm. And then these plays will be lost to the world, to the theater community, to the theater audiences, and that's, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. That would be a shame, rather. 
Right. And it also seems like since you're performing around the world that or at least making connections around the world, that you're not only saving these plays for the current audience, but you're expanding the audience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the idea, because current audiences speak English far more frequently than they would speak Yiddish. And if you want these plays to to live on in in schools, let's say, on stages, just as, as literature, to have Yiddish plays represented among the body of work that is plays, um, you have to do it in a local language. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, English is a local language. Mm-hmm. And this might seem like a sort of obvious question, but what is the value of Yiddish theater? What have you found in your investigations um, that's relevant and important from Yiddish theater? Well, first of all, I, I just want to clarify, I am not a scholar of Yiddish theater. I am an actress and a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, to, to my mind, nothing different in Yiddish theater than in plays written in other languages. Yiddish is a language, and Russian is a language, and people write plays in Russian, and people write plays in Yiddish. And I just don't want Yiddish to be lost, and and particularly the plays, because that's what I focus on. Mm-hmm. It's bringing recognition to a to a lost to a lost literature, a lost culture, really, of Eastern European Jewry. I know that on your website, and from what I've heard about. Um, New World Theater Project, the goal is not only to translate and produce plays, but also to adapt them. I was just going to ask what adapting means, and if you could give an example of a play you've adapted and how you've done that. All of them have been adapted, because once you translate from one language to another, it's an adaptation. Mm -hmm. Even if you do a literal translation, there is context to a word that's going to be very different in one culture versus another. And so the word will really, it will be as close as you can get, but it will not be exactly the same. So any translation is an adaptation. Um, some of the plays, many, well, the, the, all of these plays are written early in the 1900s, and so the language, of course, is not the way we speak today. And so that has to be fixed. You would not have a father addressing his daughter as daughter, mm-hmm. for example. You'd take that out. The use of, of the kinship term was, very, was much more prominent in, in those days, and, and we just don't do that. So what I'm trying to do is tell this story to people in their own, in their own language. Mm-hmm. So that there's sometimes dropping of words. There's sometimes... When there are idioms, you obviously can't use those as uh, in the literal translation, so I try to find comparable idioms that is comparable in, in the message. Um, there was only, well, no, there were two plays that I've done so far where there were what I would call major, major additions to the play. There was nothing left out of these, but there was a ma- there were major additions. One of those was um, my production of Displaced Wedding, 
which uh, is Leivik's uh, Hassanen Fahrenwald. And I have to give credit where credit is due. It was actually Alyssa Quint who suggested to me um, when I showed her the play early on that wouldn't it be interesting to combine, to use this play to talk about genocide more broadly. Mm. And so I did. And I incorporated actual testimonies from survivors of the Holocaust, survivors of recent genocides, and I thought it really, I I thought it told the story so much more clearly. And Mm -hmm. there was no doubt in my mind that if Leivik were writing that today, he would have done that. Because there's a speech that one of his characters gives that talks about about people, um, humanity, becoming worse, worse and worse and things like that. Who came to that performance, for example? Was it a lots of people? Mm-hmm. Was it a diverse audience, though? Was it? My audiences are always diverse. This is this is what's so wonderful. People think the term Yiddish theater, I think, has for some, well, for a lot of people, a negative connotation, and and so it took a few years for people to appreciate the fact that there's something that was that used to be called Yiddish theater, and then there's plays that were written in Yiddish, which are actually the same thing, but have different connotations. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Right, yeah. Okay. Um, and I am just delighted when I see audiences, including Mexican-Americans, um, African-Americans, uh, certainly people of the Christian faith. And, and so I actually, there was someone who went to see our, or came to see rather our, least, our recent play, uh, Welcome to America. And he was from Guyana. He mm-hmm. came with a friend of mine, actually. And a pair, the, the friend, my friend told me that this man was completely blown away by how much he related to that particular play. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, there was someone from India uh, who I spoke to after the show and told me that both he and his mother perhaps even more related to the content of that play. So these plays are, the plays that we choose are plays that have universal resonance for people. They're not plays that are only for Jewish people, that only Jewish people can relate to. Similarly, do you ever find it difficult to bring some of those stories into the 21st century? The plays that I choose, I try to find plays that I think can be put on a stage, as I said earlier. There was, there was one case of a play by Sholomash called Mitnishkom um, with The Current, mm. uh, where our director decided that the repression of the period in which um, this play was written was similar to the repression we saw in the 1950s in America, and so he said it in the 1950s, which is perfectly legitimate. This is what directors do. They interpret the material and decide how best to, uh, to perform it. I came to read a play that was very, very interesting, had some interesting subplots, but clearly could not 
really doesn't it, it was just too far afield for people to even to be able to relate to it's a matter of finding something some universal message in the play because that's what theater is we should all be able to find something that's speaking to us and read ourselves into the play mm-hmm. in some fashion maybe not exactly because the people on the stage might be jewish and i might be christian but i can still relate to the message that the playwright is sending that actually leads right into my next question which was um is there anything that comes to mind that um you find that it's easier to convey through theater rather than through yiddish oh, literature or um, through film well, or i have actually thought about this a little bit and just the comparison between film and and live theater because I went to see a very fascinating play at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, in which um, there were actors on the stage who were being recorded on videotape, so you could see both the recording and and the real person. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about that is that when you have a camera, unless it's a camera that um, can pan the the entire scene, you're going to have the camera focusing on something, and that's going to bring your attention to that thing. Right. When you're watching live theater, you decide what you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there, there may be special lighting, but for the most part, um, you decide, the audience member decides what to focus on. I'll turn the conversation more towards the book center and your time that you'll be spending here in August. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell me a bit about your piece that you'll be presenting as a staged reading and in an open rehearsal for the public? The piece will be Professor Brenner by David Pinsky. Um, it's very modern in, in some ways because, as I say, it speaks things that that people all over the world and throughout time think about. Um, In this particular story, there is a Professor Brenner who lives with his blind mother in a a house. He has been commissioned to paint a painting of Emma Harris by her parents, Mm -hmm. and he falls in love with Emma Harris. The problem is he's in his 50s, which at the time this play was written was very old, and Emma is not even 21. Mm. So the story goes on of, of just how do, you, how do you make decisions like that? How, it does, age, does age matter? What is love? Those kinds of questions come up here. Mm-hmm. What exactly will you be doing while you're in residence here at the Book Center for a few days? Well, when, when we arrive, we start to work on the play, which means sitting around with the script and first just reading through it with the actors who will be coming and, um, and then discussing, discussing the play with the director. Mm-hmm. And then when we're ready to get up on our feet, we go into the theater and start moving around um, according to the director's wishes. Uh, the open rehearsal, I think, is, is fascinating, and, and people who came to it last year, I had one long email from someone who said he had never seen a rehearsal, and he thought that was so fascinating. 
in in our case, I think it's even more than just watching a rehearsal because you're watching the actors interact with the director mm. and the director interacting with the translator, me. So if there they want if there's a word that they feel needs to be changed for one reason or another, maybe it's well, any reason, they will stop, come to me and ask me um, if they can change it and what it should be changed to. And I go back to the original Yiddish text to see whether what they want to change it to is consistent with what the playwright wrote. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. That's the open rehearsal, people observing this whole thing. Um, then on Sunday, yes, on Sunday, we do a stage reading, and a stage reading means that the actors read from the script but do have movements, some movement. A, a reading alone would just be the actor sitting at a table reading through the script, mm-hmm. but if they're moving in, in a way that was choreographed, staged, it's called a staged reading. And why do you like doing this at the Book Center? It's beautiful up there. <laughs> And also, it seems to me natural that that these plays should be seen and known about by people who are interested in the book center, because we're really doing the same thing. We're trying to keep this literature alive in one form or another. We're really looking forward to having you here in August. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, and thanks for joining me today on the program. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit yiddishbookcenter.org audio. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Seim your stark und gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon. Uh-huh.